an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1027. Hey, if you're going to be in and around Irvine, California, November 15 or 16, I'll be at the Irvine Improv. You know, you can just fly into John Wayne Airport if you're coming in from out of town. Just land right there. You're in Orange County. Go to Irvine. Come on out. Uh, I'll be doing uh, ooh, four shows there, I think. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. And then also uh, in December, ooh, I'm clicking through the calendar. Here it is. December 12, 13, 14, I'll be at the Tacoma Comedy Club in Tacoma, Washington. If you go to ID10T.com slash tour, you can get info about that. And then just hang out there because we have a bunch of new stuff. And we're going to add a vintage section too. I, I handpicked a bunch, of vin- a bunch of vintage shirts that I wanted to wear and then decided I do not have room for more vintage shirts. So I'm going to put them on the site uh, and uh, hopefully you will enjoy those. Um, I also want to talk about one other piece of podcast business, which is that um, – we have it's been requested by uh, a lot of sponsors <laughs> that we start inserting some sponsorships uh, in the middle of the show. Um, this is becoming kind of an industry standard in podcasting, and uh, and uh, we are we are going to respect that. We have to respect uh, what our sponsors are asking for because they uh, help keep this rusty bucket afloat, and uh, they are uh, make it possible for us to uh, you know uh, keep our staff, which is an amazing staff of five people who work behind the scenes to deliver these podcasts each and every week. So, uh, you know, we're not trying to bum me out, not trying to interrupt the flow of anything. We will always find like a, a natural place to insert it, a natural break in the conversation. Uh, these aren't going to sound like radio commercials with crazy sound effects and pre-recorded jingles and stuff. It'll just be same as it was before, just me talking about things, except that, you know, sometimes I do it at the beginning of the podcast or the end, and uh, now there might be some in the middle. Uh, this won't be all the time, every time, uh, but it will happen from time to time. And so I just wanted to give you a heads up and let you know that we are certainly not trying to take advantage of your time or, you know, radically change the way the podcast is done uh, or anything. But uh, again, uh, we appreciate our sponsor support. We hope you'll uh, support them as well. So they'll keep coming back so we can keep making these because they're fun. And speaking of support, I can't thank you enough uh, for yours, whether this is your first podcast or you've been listening for a little while or even going back to all the way uh, to 2010. Again, it's still, after all this time, it still means the world to me that you would uh, take time out of your day when there's so much media <laughs> that you could be filling your eyes and ears with uh, to take up your time that you would um, carry this podcast around with you. So again, thank you so, so, so much. Let's get down to this episode, which is Willem Dafoe returning 
He was on the podcast years ago. Before I even know, before I was aware that this would be a podcast where I would talk to people other than just people who were my friends. And so um, he was phenomenal. He was great the first time. I don't know. It's probably like seven years ago that he was on, eight years ago maybe. This time, there are so many nuggets of Willem wisdom in here that um, I actually am going to go back and try to clip some out. And maybe just post them on Instagram, you know, in stories or something because there's so many – I've listened to it a couple times like I got to write that down. Oh my gosh, I have to write that down. So I was really blown away by him and I hope and uh, I hope that you will be too. I expect that you will be as well. So um, yeah, let's just get into it. He's promoting The Lighthouse, which is in theaters in limited cities now. It will be opening wide October 25th. It's a beautifully cool movie uh, directed by Robert Eggers who did The Witch. It's uh, Willem and uh, Robert Pattinson who are basically stuck in a lighthouse and uh, and the stuff that happens with them is super trippy and it's beautifully shot. So I definitely recommend that you go see the lighthouse. And now here's episode number 1027 of the ID10T podcast with Willem Dafoe. Yes, I understand. I've already enjoyed some Dafoe, but I would I would like to enjoy seconds, please. Thank you. Initiating ID10T protocol. Nazzy little room we're in here. Yeah, I've never been in these things before. Me neither. Yeah, just because I think because of your press, you must be doing a lot of press on the I west am, side I today. Am. Yeah. So they yeah. they it, said, could you do it here? <laughs> right. A twenty four put us in WeWork, which I hope is still here next week or the week <laughs> after, because this little room is like it's a specifically like a podcast recording room. Ah, yeah. It's not that bad. No. I don't know. I would be shocked if you remembered this, but maybe eight or nine years ago, you did this podcast and I came to your hotel at the Chateau. I came to your room. Okay. And we recorded and you were the first guest who was not like just one of my friends that did the podcast. Uh And I was so nervous. Oh, wow. And you were great. Ah, good. Well, let's hope, <laughs> I hope we're good today. <laughs> well, it was the first time where I was like, it was so surreal because I was in your hotel room and then you sat down. And I was like, what the fuck am I? How did I get? Ah, what cool. Is, so yeah. is that when you first started? Yeah, it was about, I don't know, it was maybe a year after. But up to that point, it was just like, oh, my friends, other comedians. And Excellent. It was like, fuck, Excellent. Willem Dafoe, really? Holy shit. Ah, cool. This is well, serious. That's good to hear. How's it been going so far? Good. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm really excited about this. Uh, movie the lighthouse when how long did it take you guys to shoot that um i know because i get asked that question and i looked it up 35 days 35 days yeah which isn't a lot and isn't little um and it was a good it was it wasn't a fat schedule and it wasn't uh rush 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 yeah the movie's really cool i got to see it uh, yeah maybe about a week ago okay how do you i was trying to figure out like because I know that I know Robert Eggers also did The Witch, yep, uh, which was another stunning movie. How was this movie pitched to you? Like, how do you the even mov- describe uh, this movie? Uh, okay, back up a second. The Witch. I went to see it. I knew nothing about it. 
I saw it and I said, wow, whoever made this is a good filmmaker. Yeah. Because just about the world was created and, and it looked beautiful and I liked how we dealt with the story. I thought, who is this person that made this? So <clears throat> I met him and uh, he knew my theater work. He knew film work. Um, he comes from the theater and we hit it off very well and we said, let's try to find something. So uh, with a little time, he came one day and said, here, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be you and Rob Pattinson. Yes or no? And that was it. was it. very direct, yeah, because he already knew I wanted to work with him. And then once I read it, I thought, yeah, cool. Uh, very elevated language, uh, fun things to do. Uh, I knew he could make that world. I knew it would be an adventure to film, you know, rough, rough uh, weather. Uh, we were going to build the lighthouse. Everything you see in that in that movie is built. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Really beautiful. Yeah. And it's also and you're the, the lighthouse keeper is also a uh, he's a real character. He is. But like on the edge of. How, so how do you keep a character like that who 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 really could like there's a chance where maybe someone else playing that could have gone super like me well, matey you know that's, but that's, that's sort of where the, the language mix. lives. I mean he's an archetype. Yeah. You know, uh, one man's archetype is another man's cliche. <laughs> uh, what can I say? Um, so you are in that territory, but. You're also playing the scenes and you're finding it. I mean, that's the mask, but you also personalize that mask and you make it. You know, for example, the language is very, um, you know, it's very elevated. Oh, yeah. It's poetic. Yeah. It's coded. It's in a slang and in a, in a, it's almost poetry. And my job, of course, is to root it, you know, to make it work for the scene. So when I'm berating him, that <laughs> that language actually helps me because it's so articulate and it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're hitting some notes of uh, familiarity, but then you're also trying to make them specific. I yeah. mean, you know, as I say, it's, it's, it's an archetype. It is, but it's also there. There is an ensemble. I mean, I would imagine you obviously have to trust your other actor. You have to trust your director, especially when you're doing something that, you know, when it's explained like, okay, this, you know, there's a million ways this couldn't work, and probably yeah. one or two ways where this could. Yeah. You you really have to trust that guy. But uh, you know, the relationships are so good, and what happens, the story is very very simple, and that's not even a spoiler. I mean, we can start off by saying it's two is uh, old lighthouse. Uh, lighthouse keeper and old hand and a new assistant who come to a lighthouse to serve their four weeks of manning the lighthouse. And when they're there, I kind of lord it over him because I'm all the, the old hand. I want to groom him yeah. to be a wiki like I am. Yeah. A wiki is uh, the term that they use for a lighthouse keeper. And, but they don't get picked up. Bad weather comes because of Things. Reason, things, <laughs> spoiler. Um, and they don't get picked up and then they run out of food and they start to drink and mm, things get scrambled and identities are lost and futures are not imagined and it gets crazy. <laughs> but um, how that happens is, uh, you know, is is very uh, specific and very uh, detailed. So that that also saves you from, you know, uh, a certain 
it's articulate. The the, yeah. the story is articulate, even though the story is kind of classic. Yeah. Is it about? You think the movie is about isolation? It's about lots of things because of its density and because of its uh, how complex it is. I think different people are going to see different things. I mean, in the relationship that we have. Uh, the two characters, the older lighthouse keeper and the younger, you can see shades of all kinds of things, father, son, mm-hmm. uh, a couple, right? Uh, lovers, uh, you know, uh, two men fighting for domination, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a believer and a non-believer, uh, you know, two ways of living a life. All those things are in the mix. And different people are going to – whenever something I think is complete like that, people are going to see different things. Yeah. Depending on what they're interested exactly. in. Exactly. <laughs> I mean I guess in a way there is a little bit of a Rorschach test. Like whatever, yeah. whatever inclination your personality has, you're probably going to see any number of those things right. and one of them is going to float to the top. Right. Is, is, a, is a movie – I don't know if – is fun the right word? Is, is something like this I think fun? so. I think so because it takes – it transports you. And I think enough is going on that you can identify. And uh, for me, I like movies that um, either make me forget something, uh, remember something that I forgot, or take me to a place that makes me think in a different way. Yeah. And I think, oh, yeah, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> that, because that feeling, you know, is the feeling of wonder. It's the feeling of being alive. It's the feeling of fun. Yeah. You know, because... It's not same old, same old. You know, this is the rescue from the lockstep, and it's not always. It's not always distraction. It's not always taking you away from your life. It's in fact directing your life because it. You know, watching this, you can't help but think about relationships. You can't help but think about what you would do in that situation, sure. and. And I think that's uh, that's exhilarating. Is it? I mean, for you as a performer, is it? Is this type of experience when you're working? Is mm-hmm. it fun, or do you just feel like no? I, in no, retrospect, it, it's fun, but when I'm there, it's like it's no, intense. It's, it's fun. Oh, good. It's good. fun, and even you know, challenges are fun. And even though it's miserable weather, and you're cold, and you're unhappy in some ways. You're still a little tickled deep down that you're you're getting to inhabit these characters because you know part of it is too this isn't your regular life so you're right. like uh, <laughs> I dodged this bullet I could be this guy you know? yeah. but you also just sort of kind of coming off the idea of isolation because it is a movie that it is a movie that stays with you and like who would I become in that situation I mean right. like that's really where. You know, like it, it, people live their lives day to day and, you know, are able to sort of maintain whatever kind of, you know, f- I guess facade they want. That, right. But then when you put someone in a crisis or you isolate them, it's like – Their true nature happens. Is, does, I mean is, this – I think I think this – I mean without, you know, bending anyone towards an interpretation, um, this has a lot to do with identity. Mm-hmm. And when you strip people's identity away – and you don't uh, give them the familiar props that they u- need to mm-hmm. feel like they are who they are, something else happens and something gets revealed that's much closer to their true nature. Right. And I think that's kind of what happens here. Yeah. And it ain't pretty. <laughs> <laughs> also, you put two people on top of each other in close quarters for weeks anyway, and weeks anyway. and weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and some, especially if they have strong personality types, and, and it's probably gonna. And and one thing we haven't mentioned it: 
it, this is a per- this is a film that's set in eighteen nineties. Yeah. So the whole sensibility, the whole way of living, the whole everything's different. And it's ex- and and I I think it's I think it would be so much. It, the film is really great, but people should go see it in a theater because right. it it's stunning to look at. First of all, it's in black and white, but it's shot. Every frame looks like a photograph, and it's even the aspect ratio is even almost like a square. It is. It is. Um, it's beautifully shot. Uh, they they did a beautiful job, and and when we rehearsed, you know, the the camera was king because <laughs> the cinema language was already clear, and they were doing things with. Uh, Lenses from the 30s, all these treatments were shooting on film. It was very complicated, very ambitious. So that had to be worked out ahead of time. So, for example, we rehearsed for five days before. Mm -hmm. And normally that would be rehearsals for actors to (laughs) figure out, you know, know, kind Uh, of find their feet and get comfortable with each other. No, it was us being told where the camera was so we could bend our our blocking and our mm-hmm. actions and what we were interested in doing into the frame that they wanted. Right, right, right. So it was like a, we had to submit to the will of the camera. But yep. that was cool because it was so beautifully um, worked out and uh, I was so interested in, uh, you know, how it, how it was going to look. And is that pretty much you know, when you decide? Because I would imagine you could probably – you probably have your pick of stuff that you could do if you wanted to. I mean is that – is the challenge the thing that drives you? Is it, oh, I think I could bring something to this role? Is it the people? Like what do you – how do you pick now? Um, it's always a mix of things but a very central is, you know, you spend a lot of time with these people. They better inspire you and they, <laughs> you better like being around them, yeah. you know? And uh, as I said, I was really attracted to, uh, you know, what Robert Eggers was doing. And then uh, Rob Pattinson, when I heard uh, Rob Eggers wanted him to do it, I thought that was uh, that was cool. Yeah. It was good casting. And yeah, I thought it uh, we, you know, it would be fun to work with him and just everyone on the set because they were all there. Uh, they, he, Rob Eggers worked with basically a lot of the same people. Um, that he worked with on The Witch. So yeah. it's like his team. So I think I am attracted to situations where there's a strong director with a very particular vision. And part of my job is to inhabit that vision, to find out, you know, to help them do what they do. Yeah, I become a, a, a creature for them. I become an extension of them. And part of the creative thing is to go towards their vision, make it my own in in the respect of uh, yeah. make it mine as well, and then uh, be the manifestation of that. Right. So that's a, that's a cool job to have, which is a lot different than what a lot of people think, and that is that you play a role to interpret something. I want to have an experience. Right. I want to have an experience. I want to learn something, and I want to learn what's in your head, and then be that thing in your head. Yeah. And when you make that shift, that feels like creation. Right. That feels like you're, you're having a, an experience that expands you. Expands you not in an egotistical way, but expands you in a 
contact with um, what you love right. and what is really what is in a much uh, stronger way than you might if you're just working with what you know or what you need to express. Right. It extends you. You know, take someone else's point of view, someone else's impulses, someone else, what they're interested in, and make it your own. What happens is you have a shift. It's interesting to hear you say the thing about uh, – because I, I, I think it was very intentional, the um, – not in an egotistical way to expand because I am – fascinated by the allure of the ego and I talk about it probably uh-huh. at the great boredom of people who listen to me talk about it because but I do think it's one of that it's just sort of that weird human maybe lizard brain thing that we contend with a lot in our lives and as we get older we start to discover some separation from it we don't have to do everything it says we don't have to be you know enslaved by our own egos and so it was interesting to hear you say that because I do you find that um, – that because I think you're a yoga per guy yeah, if yeah, I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. And is that – has that been helpful to you and how do you – how have you navigated that in your in your own life? Uh, problem of uh, problem being a slave being, to, being slave to an idea ego. of identity and yes, who exactly, you are. Exactly. Kind of branching off Well, I movie. have this great job where I get to play around with it. You know, yeah. the irony is though in the end. Your job is also, <laughs> you know, uh, making yourself a thing. Sure it know? is. Yeah, sure it is. Um, but that 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 also holds your feet to the fire, right? Because it really forces you to deal with that. Uh, the idea of your um, branding yourself, mm-hmm. but uh, you try to resist that. You try to resist that by playing different roles and and being in different kinds of situations. Sure. So. I think it's one of the most essential things for an actor is to be flexible. Right. And not, that doesn't mean range and versatility all the time. It just means ready to accept, um, you know, not to be rigid. Right. Not to be uh, – have one way. Always uh, uh, for each project, find your way in a new way. Right. I think you yeah. know, that's why when people talk about a method or a particular way of working, I don't subscribe to that. And the truth is, I think most people don't. <laughs> right, because every situation is different. Yeah, every yeah. character is different. Because yeah. you, I saw Motherless Brooklyn too. I got ah, to see okay. that because yeah, Edward good. was on the podcast good. a couple weeks ago, and cool. it was you were great in the. And it, you know, your characters do seem to have, even when they are a bit unhinged. Mm-hmm. As he was in, yeah. in moments, mm-hmm. there is a centeredness and uh, a certainty, I think, about huh. you as a performer and what you're doing ah, with cool. each role. And I assume that's just the willem of it all. Like, he, <laughs> you're, like that part of your soul is the connective tissue. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like a pretty grounded, certain person? Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I think one thing uh, that I think of when you talk about that is the other day I was doing a a talk with someone um, and uh, he said something about clarity in actors is important. Mm -hmm. And I never hear that. And I I think that was – that's very true. Um, And that clarity has to do with being uh, being with what is and when you're doing actions, being committed in a way that you're not distracted. You're mm-hmm. not getting ahead of yourself. You're not thinking about the effect. You're really putting yourself 
in that action. And then just the nature of the swirl of things <laughs> is telling you what the next step is. Right. It's almost like nature and and is is participating in a way that you never could. And if you try to harness that too much, you squelch what's beautiful about impulse. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was very lucky that the way I started performing was with this company, the Wooster Group. And it was a theater company that was made up of poets, musicians, architects. It wasn't a theater of theater people. Right. And the approach was much closer to dance in that you, everything you did was seen as task, as task. And also the technicians and the actors kind of switched jobs sometimes. Actors were like technicians and technicians were like actors. There, so there was a pragmatism and, and a kind of devotion to the structure that you'd made. Right. And then you had to find a way to live inside that structure. Right. Where often, you know, people's perception of actors, it's, it's all about emotion and invention. Uh, the truth is, that's not where it's at for me. Uh, it's about uh, receiving and, and allowing things to happen. Right. And do you feel that that principle is applicable in our lives, being able to receive and allow things to happen without trying to control outcomes and control how we I think, feel? I think you're a fool if you think you can control things. <laughs> but you can control how you think about things. Yes. That you can. Yes. That is a very Buddhist slash stoic, that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that kind of idea. And you see that idea in so many different philosophies. Yeah. No. Different and, versions of it. Yeah. And actually, I guess I'm showing my uh, bloomers here. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in uh, in where, you know, what the bottom line is, where all, uh, you know, religious thought, spiritual thought, creative thought connects. Mm -hmm. And as I get older, uh, it's in my imagination, I think it's all connected. It's sure. all the same thing. It just expresses itself slightly Absolutely. differently. So. I think part of your, my work is uh, being aware of and cultivating an understanding of what is that thing that makes us human. Well, I mean, I imagine it's just— You know, just... what the dilemma is, what our strategies are, what to avoid, and what, uh, you know, keeps us alive rather than uh, asleep. Well, yeah, but I think it is also finding that balance between art and craft, between— you know, li living freely but having to live within a structure. Yep, yep. And that, that balance, I think, is, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's sort of the great cosmic comedy of the universe because I feel like by the time you really start to figure it out, it's like you've already lived <laughs> most of it. You <laughs> right. can't figure it out until you live a lot, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. So it, how – are you comfortable sort of talking about your yoga practice at all? I'm not so much because I don't like to, you know – it it's it feels like you're if if people have the practice they have the practice if they don't you're talking about something like you have something they don't I don't know sure how sure, to, sure 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 yeah. sure sure no it's important and I recommend asana practice to anyone you know just for, there are benefits um, for your health for your uh, peace of mind for uh, taking inventory of how what the relationship is between your body and your mind yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't feel comfortable because uh, it's a... Uh 
practice. It's a practice. Personal, yeah, you know? and it's a personal thing, sure. Sure, but in, in as much as we grow and try to learn how to be, how have you – like what tools have you learned for you know, letting go when you feel your brain trying I'll, to grab on? I'll, well, it's real simple. I'll make it real simple. I've been practicing uh, you know, pretty much every day for the last you know, 25 years. Yep. And that's something that I do every day that's like uh, a ritual, like a devotion. Mm-hmm. And that's a place that uh, to order and and to connect. And I feel like I – when I do that, I feel like, oh, my work is done. <laughs> the ambitious, the striving part of myself is kind of exhausted in oh, that. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And then the rest of the day is like fun and adventure. <laughs> <laughs> then I go off to work. That's a great – that's really a great way to think about it, but, to occupy – the busy part of your but brain. But having said that, I also wake up every morning and they say the hardest asana is throwing out the mat. It's mm-hmm. really true. I, I throw out that mat and I go, oh, God. <laughs> every day. Every day. And then also when I finish practice, every day I say, wow, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, I feel good, you know? So imagine doing that Every day, it, it roots you. Of course. It roots you. And it's like, I'm ready for anything. Well, Throw it at me, yeah. baby. Yeah, that's great because I think— Which, you know, <laughs> I'm speaking relatively. <laughs> you know, Within reason. Uh, ding. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Within reason. Lose, lose my cell phone or yeah, <laughs> something fine. like that. Yeah, I'll be in a tizzy like anyone else. Yeah, you know? of course, of course. But it is—I uh, think it is good f- when people have a, a ritual that— Basically, you're saying to yourself, I am worth this. And even just that, gifting yourself that every day, making an effort toward your physical or mental health every day, does, I think, have deeper lasting effects because you would have to be coming from a place of self-love and confidence if you're willing to give yourself that every day and put in the work when you don't feel like doing it. And also with repetition, you say, okay – I'm one breath closer to the end. Right. Again. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's a good – it engages a certain kind of um, meditation on, on you know, existential th- things in a very practical way. Sure. And I think it's also funny that we – the other thing that it says is like, you know, th- what your brain tells you isn't always necessarily the best thing for you. Don't do no, this. In, Stay in bed. Get, what are you doing? No, in fact, you know, culturally, we're, we're so pushed to um, get everything now yeah. and get everything we want. And we're told that we can if we try hard enough. <laughs> right. So we got to beat that striving and, and we got to beat that now thing because usually the now things are the things that aren't good for us in the end. Right. And the things that are hard for us now are usually the things that are good for us in the end. Right. So we got it ass backwards, you know? Yeah. And and that's a big challenge. It is, but I also wonder, you know, let's not that I think the universe is a sentient being, but hypothetically if it were, those great rewards that you're talking about, that would almost be the test of the universe. If you can overcome this, then you will receive these rewards. And if you give in to the those kind of, you know, temporary distractions from that path, then you get that life, you mm. know? What do you think is a good way to balance? 
Like what's healthy ambition? What do you think is healthy ambition? Ah, good question. I think that's individual. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, when you ask that question, the only thing I think about is you have to keep a balance between um, between going for, uh, you know, making an effort and reflection, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and ambition, you know, when it's too strong – you're not there anymore. You're always looking too much to uh, the reward or where you want to go. Right. And if you're too slack, you never get your feet put to the fire because you're kind of too reflective and you're not um, taking on anything more. And that can lead to a certain kind of neurosis. Right. I mean, it's individual. That's just the way I think about it. Right. I'm a very ambitious person, you know, but I also recognize that ambition makes me sick sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, makes me not well because you, you're you looking for where you're going too much and it's the old story, you know? It's like, uh, you know, making the trip and being so interested in, you know, taking the, taking the photographs at the sites that yeah. you don't experience them. That's the old. Yeah. That's all. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I don't mean to keep bringing up Buddhism. I'm not ah. Buddhist, but I, but I, but I read it and I listen to it and I, cause I find it beautiful and you know, the simplicity of it, but the idea of, um, releasing expectations, expe- expectations sort of being a, a, a path to frustration. Uh, yeah. I, I, what I always think about is it, it goes back to your experience, what your true experience is. And, you know, those expectations are usually created by other people mm-hmm. and you're glomming onto them because sure. they give you a recipe for happiness that you're accepting, you know. Yeah. And that's that's the thing that you got to beat. And now trying to wrestle this back to acting and all this, I'll say that that's that's one of the pleasures. You try to take different points of view so you can kind of destruct your your the one that you've created sure. for yourself. Sure. So it's always that it's an opportunity to disappear, disappear into someone else's experience. Right. The irony is to find out what your experience is. <laughs> and connect it. Yeah. Yeah, but, you, but because you have this with the Wooster company, mm-hmm. uh, it, sounds, it sounded very I much. I mean, I had it. I haven't been there in many years. Many years. But I was 27 years with that company and I think that really shaped, you know, how I think and how I uh, approach Making things, yeah, because I would imagine that is a pretty solid ensemble. There, there, it's it's a group of young people. There's two people that were there when I was there, but everyone else is dead because I was. Oh wow! (laughs) I moved on because I was the youngest member of that group uh, when I joined. Yeah, yeah. Are you still uh, Are you still looking at theater projects? I do. I mean, I've worked with Bob Wilson, Robert Wilson, a couple of times on really beautiful major pieces, and uh, Romeo Costellucci, and I worked with uh, Richard Foreman, who's no longer making theater. But those are all people that uh, are are giants to my mind. Yeah. What are you looking to do? Uh, do, you have, do you have your 2020 planned out already or do you just sort of take What's it as a 2020? <laughs> <laughs> it just... You say that and I think I better go to the optometrist pretty soon. <laughs> I know. We're in the future now, man. It's the freaking <laughs> okay, future. Okay, got it. 2020. Listen, um, yeah, you know, I got uh, 
there was a time where, where I never liked to plan too much uh, ahead of time because I was always afraid I'd get involved in a project. And then when I'd get to it, I'd think, I don't really want to do this now. <laughs> um, but things take care of themselves. Uh, things don't come together too much in advance. I mean, my what I so much is revolves around work and planning sure. work because sure. that's where that's where I live. I, I like I like to work, yeah, and uh, it gives me a lot of pleasure, and it's still a lot of fun. So that's that's what I think about when you talk about twenty twenty. I think about oh, I want to do this, and then I want to do that. And, do you take time off? Do you? Do you? No, I, time off happens naturally. Got it. Like right now, um, I'm not. Sh- well, actually, I was shooting yesterday, but normally, I, uh, right now in this period, I'm not shooting a, a feature. Right. Um, I'm doing press for these these movies coming up. Yeah. So that's it's work, but it's a little like time off. You don't mind it so much. No, I don't because it's uh, it's happened kind of organically, you know, and yeah. it's part of it, and uh, it's like playing a role. I guess that's true, yeah. right? But like, look, right, like right now, we're we're talking. We're we've got the things we want, the things we're interested in. We're mixing it up, so it's it's creative. So I don't judge it and say, "Oh man, I, I'm really an actor, and I'm not here to, sh- you know, uh, you know to." To you know, bang the drum for this thing. But the truth is, I like this movie, for example, and I wanted to get out there. And I'm enjoying talking to you. I appreciate that. It's all that. part of it. You know, it's like I don't. I try not to be down on anything. Is there? Is there? Uh, is there a character? <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course. I'm doing. Of course. Yeah, but that's a but that's a good attitude because. It it can be tedious because sometimes people become actors because they don't want to have to talk as themselves. They like portraying other characters and they like exploring that. And it just seems funny to me that we live in a time where there's so much media and so much of having to talk as yourself. And so many performers are on social media and they're talking. You know, it's just like a yeah, whole level that of access. I don't do. No, I don't that's blame you. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> I can't imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> but I can see why that's fun for some people. It's just not how my life is built. Yeah, but it you really – it should be done because it's fun. But I, I definitely think there's a pressure now of like, oh, you have – it's you got to do it because well, you got to. But also, like I do it also because I want to. Uh, I mean, I want movies to go well so I have opportunities in the future. Of course. You know? And also, if you make a beautiful uh, movie, you like to share it. Not for, not so you can become king of the world, but just it feels like a positive thing, like a contribution. Yeah. And it's you can never call it yours because it's a collaborative thing. Sure. You know? So I can talk about the lighthouse. Yeah, I I can talk about other people. I had a good time on it. You know, I mean, I'm proud of it. Uh, it's fun, and I people appreciate it. So then, then the promotion all makes sense. Yeah, and also just hearing you talk about that just sort of make me realize, like, yeah, it's not just mine. It's a group of people. But then once that group makes the thing and put it out, then it's not theirs anymore. Then it becomes yep. the audience and it's up for interpretation. Yeah, and it has its, it can have all kinds of life. As That's one thing I've seen, you know, like really bad movies can be successes and really good movies can get lost, you know? Yeah. So once it gets out there, how it gets out there, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, and again, that is also about just relinquishing control because you have no control over 
the timing of when something comes out, how it's going to catch. You do what you can. You know, you you exercise whatever uh, choice and power you want, you know, you can have. Is there, do you... Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. You particularly identify with either one of the characters as as an audience member, not as you who play the character. <laughs> Is there one that you identify with a little bit more in, in the movie? Um, just because I played him, I think I identify <laughs> with my guy more. <laughs> I mean, he seems... And to talk any... You know, it's like, look, the one guy's an older guy, the other guy's a younger guy, and... Uh, you know, I think I just more identify with the guys, uh, you know, station in life yeah. more. I was a young guy. I'm not anymore, you know. But I, you know, but at the same time, I think, you know, I'm still one of these guys that is deluded to thinking he's 22 years old because I'm not falling apart yet. So you got it. I don't, you got a 22 year old head of hair, man. I gotta say, you yeah. really, you, you're a hair millionaire. You really <laughs> scored in that area. You must feel good about that. No, I. You should be thankful for any good news, I guess. <laughs> but it's, you know, the. The thing that's fun to watch about these two guys is that they're both, I mean, pretty much full of shit from the stories that they tell each other. And obviously you – Well, that's nice too because you're not sure what's true and what's invention and what what the strategies and how they're trying to work on each other. Right. So, you know, it's as complex as a Bergman film as far as the, you know, people's interactions with each other. Yeah. I think truth is a good word because it is – not only are you trying to work out what's true between the two of them, but even Eggers kind of fucks with the audience a little bit about what's what's true about what they're watching. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And do you think that truth is one of those things that just – if you stare it's at elastic. something long enough – yeah, It's elastic. Like in this case, um, you know, do I know in this scene whether it's real or whether it's in their imagination? It doesn't matter because in the playing of the scene – it's real. Right. So you play that. Yeah. Have you ever thought about uh, directing or, or – Not really. No? Not really. I mean I still am so – I have a lot of fun and I'm still – it's so – performing is so mysterious in some ways and so familiar in other ways that uh, I enjoy being a performer. And I enjoy attaching myself to a director and like – doing their bidding or, or right. you know, inhabiting something where it simply comes down to a director watches and the actor does. Right. And I'm I'm more like a little kid that way. You know, it's 
think of Tom Sawyer, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, the uh, painting the fence. Yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the guy who wants to paint the fence, you know, <laughs> because uh, that's what I like to do, you know. And uh, yeah, and I'm and I also being a director, you, I think you have to be a little more responsible than I like to be about what stuff means. Sure, because you have to. He or she has to direct the ship, you know, because he's got, they've got the responsibility of all these people and they've got the responsibility of the money. I mean, I'm responsible, but somewhere deeply, I'm not responsible for what stuff means. I'm right. responsible for the truth of what I'm doing. Right, right. That's a great way to put it. But also, in as much as each director, some directors might say, paint the fence exactly like this, and other directors might go, you know, paint the fence or don't, or paint it however and you I'm want. And I'm good with either you one. You really, you are. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the world. I mean, you know, I don't think there's one way. And and I'm interested in that, that uh, different things are drawn out of you in, with different, uh, you know, directing styles mm-hmm. and different and diff- different intentions for a movie. That's why I think I like to mix it up, not to be a little show off or I'm 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 not bored. I'm not an easily bored person at all. So I'm not doing it just to be titillated all the time. It really I feel feels more useful, you know? Yeah. There's more possibility for for being awake and challenged and challenged in a way that you know, it's for me it's so much about the quality of engagement. The mm-hmm. quality of engagement of what you're doing. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And then outside of that, once you get that engagement that, and, and it's, it's complete, then you can go all different kinds of places. I think to achieve that engagement, you used another word a few minutes ago, curious. Yeah. Curiosity is a great way to enhance engagement. Yeah, I think I'm still curious. Well, that's good. I mean, it, it's... Or I try to cultivate or encourage curiosity because this whole idea of, you know, getting away from your rigid playbook of who you are and what has to happen. That's, and I think that's the thing. That's the, for me, that's the, if you can beat that, then you can live. You can live a full life. And, you know, I'm like a guinea pig, you know, when I'm in these stories. And how I'm there, how alive I am, is my contribution. Mm -hmm. And it's selfish because it's personal because I want to be awake. But it's also if I can find that way to be alive and people can, you know, be with me in that, then it's useful too. Sure. Because it elevates all of us. Yeah. That's why you tell stories that you know, hopefully will illuminate or make something clear or inspire. And to be part of that, you get some on you too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm a crusader. <laughs> <laughs> but the rigidity... The but rigidity. Then, then the other part is if you, if you get too tight on that, then you do become, you know, uh, sanctimonious, too serious. So then you go a little in that way, then you got to go back the other way. Sure. And that's when you go to the fart jokes. <laughs> and, that's, and, that's, and that's when you say the funniest thing in the world is shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, that's is. part of it. 
Yeah. That's part of it. It's all part. It doesn't have to be one or the other. But the, but the rigidity I think is really important because the rigidity plays to that basic survival instinct that I think we have of safety and wanting to – you know, like it's so weird. Humans want – we want predictability but also we crave unpredictability yes, at the same true. time. Yep. I'm with you. Yeah. And I'm so that, you know, when when your brain is kind of saying like build a wall, stay rigid, stay safe, even in the lighthouse, like stay safe, board up the windows, you know, uh, you know that, uh, fighting that urge. A lot of it is, you know, my character is a believer and he's, de- he's dedicated his life to this activity. Mm-hmm. And the other guy's like a slacker. Mm -hmm. And that's the tension from the beginning. You know, the guy's not coming forward. He's he's not really getting with the program. He's not a believer. That's where it starts. Yeah. Um, Were you watching uh, dailies while you were shooting or do you know you don't do that? Uh, Not usually unless the director wants me to look at something. But normally I don't think you should because – yeah, you're you're pulling your punches. Then you're you're thinking too much about the result. And also, if you like what you see, it doesn't help you. <laughs> right. If you don't like what you see, it doesn't help you. Right. Because it can either make you full of yourself and get you give you anxiety about continuing in that mode. Sure. Or you can lose your confidence. You can say, "Oh, this looks terrible." And I know for a fact sometimes things that are, look terrible that look terrible or have problems, they can sometimes be turned into other things, you know. Sure. Not, not just by cutting and post, but, you know, you don't always know. Right. Right. I, I'm always impressed, particularly when you're making stuff, the stuff that you worry about is never the stuff you should be worrying <laughs> about, you know. So don't try to be too controlling. Right. You know, I, I think so much has to do with, you know... A sincerity, and I'm not talking about a rigid sincerity, but a, a, a sense of purpose um, in in how you're in, engaging again. I keep right. on using that word, but that really is it. A contact, a contact that's that's really about something, you know? Right. That's not pointing to something. It's It really is um, demanding to deal with what's in front of you. Right. Right. But engagement also requires being a part of something and yeah. being connected to right. something, being connected to people, being connected to ideas rather than being sort of just stuck in ourselves. And that and that's why, you know, that's a nice thing about making films too. It's social, you know, and I think somewhere deeply we're such social animals that sure. uh, this, this desire to um, relate and share experience and express experience is very strong. So I think there's something in me. I think it's because maybe I grew up in a big family, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that sense of community, that sense of relating. Right. Uh, it's not, you know, it's, it's about expressing. Yeah. You know, expressing uh, your experience. Yeah. But also, I mean... <laughs> I, I like, I like um, uh, a quote, uh, this uh, Scalambro, uh, Italian philosopher, he says... He says, uh, insect, uh, insects communicate, humans express. <laughs> That's a great way to think about it because if you're communicating or, or if you're just saying things, you're really just 
in a way, kind of just talking about yourself as opposed to listening and expressing and connecting. Right. Um, but and again, it's not all about function. Right. Right. There's form. Because, yeah. There's absolutely form. Uh, but I think that actors – it's such an interesting lifestyle because you you, know, you worked on this movie for 35 days. You work in close proximity to all these people. You form a very – basically, you know it's a, it's a community that has an expiration date yeah. on it. It's uh, – Yeah. Yeah, and nomad, so nomads. It's yeah, in a way, yeah. And so you you open up and become very vulnerable to this very small group of people, time and time and time again. Do you, do you ever? Is it just more that when you think about stuff you're working, go, oh, that was a really nice group of people, or ah, fuck, you know, I really like that group, but who has time to like? How do you stay connected when you're constantly? Connected? You probably don't because yeah. you're on to the next thing. Of course, and everyone that's busy is always moving around. You know, you feel like you're in the foreign legion. You know. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess but I so. like that. I like that. I mean, do you uh, are, are there people that you still stay in contact with, or is it just one of those like, oh, you run into someone and go, oh, I really want to have lunch with that guy, and then two years go by, you go, fuck, I still never saw that guy. That happens. Yeah, but that happens also because I travel so much. Sure. In work because also I, I don't know how well you know my filmography, but I'm I've lived it, and I'm impressed how much <laughs> how how many different places I've shot. I, I travel around a lot, absolutely, and it's, and it's hard to maintain so you know relationships and and social contact, right? Uh, you know, when when you're not in the same place all the time. Sure. So what you described. Now I'm in New York much less because I married an Italian and I live in Rome some. I still live in New York as well, but. Between work and having two places that I live, I, it's amazing that I can know, some fair, know someone fairly well that also works and travels a lot, and I won't see them for five years. Right. And I still feel connected to them, but time goes like that. It feels that. like a month. And then when you're my age, if they're older than you particularly – you miss five years and it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, you say, wow. You're 80? Holy yeah, fuck. Yeah. What, how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> I better one not miss my, another uh, five years. Uh, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite lines in Last Temptation, maybe this is too <laughs> weird. As, I already like where this no, is going. No, no. But, but is, it's, it's in a flashback, uh, not a flashback, flash forward sequence when they're all old. Yeah. In a fantasy sequence, you know? And, um, Someone says, uh, I, now I'm going to blow it because I don't say, it doesn't matter who says who, but they say, what happened? <laughs> and someone says, we got old. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, of course. And, it, and just knowing that for th- as long as – Damn, you- I, did, I did not do that well. <laughs> <laughs> You're just quoting it. You don't have to, you don't have to perform it. But, it, but it's, it's the idea that no matter how unique we feel, no matter how unique our problems feel, no matter how like, oh, but no other time is like this time. It's like the same things repeat over and over. And you, you, know, you, you talk about that or you, you know, read stuff that Marcus Aurelius wrote 2,000 years uh-huh. ago and you're It'd like – It love to happen. Yeah. It's like, fuck, it, what, it's all the same stuff. We're just always dealing with the same stuff over and over again. That's a, a, a love to happen. That's a Marcus Aurelius. Quote, that's a right? that's a Marcus Aurelius. Did you read? Have you read Meditations? And you read all of the. When I was young. <laughs> but now I read Entertainment Weekly. Entertainment Weekly is my meditations. That's how I work it. I love my wife and I were in it. We went to Italy in May. 
and it's just stunning. Yeah, absolutely stunning. Rome, do you, do, is Rome your favorite part of Italy, or Rome do you, is where I live? You, is where you live, yeah. But do you travel to other parts as well? Yeah, Italians travel. Yeah, in their own country and and uh, and elsewhere. But the incredible thing about Italy is you got to remember they're a younger country than we are. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they I guess so. Because of the, until uh, at the time, pretty much of our civil war. Right. When you look at it, you think, "Oh, the civilization is." is and really as old. I get to know Italy more, and I travel in Italy more, um, the regional difference is still quite distinct. Oh, you know, in terms of when I first started learning Italian, sometimes I'd say to my wife, "That guy, I can't understand him," and my wife would say, "William, because he doesn't speak Italian." Right. And I'd say. I still can't imitate my wife. What's that about? <laughs> I'm an actor. I should be able to. <laughs> I don't think it's a good. I don't think any I wife wants to be imitated. Accents, but I can't do a good Italian accent. But anyway, and particularly, I can't imitate my wife. It's, really, what's that it's about? It's probably better I for your quit. marriage not to imitate your wife. I'm not an actor. Um, but she'll say, "Yeah, because he doesn't speak good Italian." I'm right. saying he's Italian. No, because he's used to speaking dialect. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. All the regional differences are really interesting, which is great because, uh, you know, their culture gets – their local culture gets preserved. So food is different from, you know, the different areas and I I love traveling within Italy as well. Yeah. I I speak Italian and Ah, and so – Si, si, si. Io parlo italiano. Ho studiato italiano. Oh, grazie, grazie, grazie. So Perché? Perché la mia famiglia è italiana, like Bisnone di Napoli e Calabria. A casa? No, 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 non a casa. No, no, no. Uh, I learned uh, 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 all'università perché mi piace la lingua. history? No, 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 no. Oh, Just ho uh, studiato yeah. perché mi piace. Oh. And, uh, and so we went to Italy and I had the same exact experience everywhere. And then we got to Venice and they're like, okay, so there's a, there's a regional Italian here, but there's also Venetian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, and it was like Venetian was a whole separate preserved. Right. You know, and, uh, Venice is very particular. Because very particular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's being, um, you know, from America where, I mean, you know. The, there are the, regional differences, but they're flattened out they, a lot. They're flattened out a lot. And also, you know, because our culture as a whole is just not as old. Right. You know, like I, I imagine there'll be a day in like 500 years where if you go to the south, you'll be like, what's that guy saying? Like, <laughs> hey, what you guys come on down? You know, it's it's all going to be. But. Just in terms of like you know because unfortunately the uh, the colonization stomped out the actual indigenous history that was in this right. land. But you go to Italy and it's it's so mind blowing to see oh this building was built in the 1500s and under there that road is 2,000 years old. Oh, no, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Have you in Rome? Have you been to the crypt of the Capuchin monks? I have. I it have. is what that was one of the most stunning experiences I've, I've ever had. What's even better is in Palermo. There's a place where, uh, you know, all these people, uh, there's m- all these mummies mm-hmm. because – and they were preserved uh, and they're separated by profession because that was the way to uh, – you know, that was like a uh, thing of status. Mm-hmm. So all the lawyers are with the lawyer's section <laughs> and, uh, and the doctors in this section and, oh, wow. and they're all in these caves still there and – because the embalming and preserving way to preserve them was different in each place, 
some are very well preserved and some are falling apart. Oh, wow. It's, it's pretty uh, wild. I think it, you know, my I, wife. I, I forget what it's called, but I. But, in, but it's yeah. in Palermo. Palermo, yeah, in Sicily. My wife and I like, you know, we just like what would be traditionally considered the macabre things. We yeah. like, you know, but I wouldn't, but I would encourage anyone who hasn't been that it's not macabre at all. It's really beautiful because it, it's, it's a way of expressing this idea of memento mori where you're, yeah. it, because there's a quote in the first, in the first tomb that essentially says, um, where you are, we once were, where we are, you will be. Hey. <laughs> That's a little too too much to the point. <laughs> Take no, it easy, monks. One of the things I liked the last thing about this uh, these this cave, and I wish I could remember the name of it, but um, this thing that some of them are perfectly preserved. There's one of a little girl called La Bambina, <laughs> and they they go there. Uh, it's she's highlighted because she's so. She looks like, uh, you know, a corpse from yesterday. It's perfectly preserved. Yeah. Where there's other ones, like that lawyer over sure. there. He's totally collapsed and he's dust. <laughs> now, does that tell us anything? <laughs> is there a certain poetic? <laughs> my brother's a lawyer. One of my brothers is a lawyer. <laughs> we all have them in he's our lives. He's listening. Yeah, I know, they, I know. We'll get a cease and desist letter. We'll get a cease and desist letter. Um, what... It, What's your because we'll definitely go back to Italy again. I have family there and everything. But what's your favorite part of Rome? Oh, where I live, I love my neighborhood. Yeah, do you live in a in a really old, old, old? Like it's, it's most a, it's most a of it's pretty old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are you excited about now? Like what is in general sort of what brings you what brings you joy? Like what's a simple joy in your life? Making things with people that I like. Yeah, you know, uh, people that inspire me. Uh, travel and then uh after you do this is it on to something else right away um yeah not not immediately um i have some things to do uh but yeah i've got some things planned for next year cool cool yeah. good good projects good good yeah good. No, I'm glad. I, 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 you won't catch me crying today <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a good I feel like that that's someone should take that and make it the bio of their social media. You won't catch me crying today. Because basically what that says is like, I enjoy what I do. Sure you get hung up on dumb stuff, but what's the what's the point of yeah, it? Yeah. You know? And but also you don't want to like to brag either, so Yeah. <laughs> well I don't think it's you know, it's not you I you don't I, come you know, off as I'm braggadocious. Funny. I I no, I get chatty and I like to talk you know, it's this is fun. But at the same time, I think, what the hell am I doing? Shut up. <laughs> no, you're an actor. People should only know you through your characters. Of course. And, and you, if they know anything about your personal thoughts or, you know, and, right. you, say, and you don't take a mask or, or uh, Lou Reed used to always say, I get the name drop here, he used, used to always say, you're too sincere in, in interviews. You should lie a lot more. <laughs> It's more fun, and it'll protect you. <laughs> but then you won't be able to keep track of all of them. This is true. Yeah, but I to also, be a liar is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. But I'm like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, if I sneak, I don't eat it anymore. But I remember once I snuck a bunch of prosciutto in a, because uh, I'm vegetarian, but um, I snuck a bunch of prosciutto in a suitcase once, uh -huh. and I'm such a naturally guilty person. <laughs> I thought. 
I'm going to get caught. I'm going to get caught. It's like that. I can't, I can't lie. Actor Willem Dafoe arrested for prosciutto thievery. Right. Serving time now. But, uh, but also I would imagine the personal stuff too. You just – it's important for you because if you allow yourself to be consumed by public life, then there's nothing left for you. Well, you know, I work enough that public life ain't where I live. Yeah. I mean I'm doing publicity now, so I'm chatty and I'm, you know – but that's not my normal day to day. Well, I just I can't thank you enough for 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 chatting, coming here and chatting okay, again. Cool. Uh, piacere, um, uh, <laughs> that's such a nice time. But talking to you, William uh, Defoe. You do that better than I do. Oh no, I'm just imitating my great grandmother. She talk like this. So if you are Italian, please forgive me if if you're like that. Does not the sound. We don't sound like a Super Mario. Listen, I'm Italian now because I took citizenship. So yeah. I like it. When oh, you did? They, they're like, hey. When people see me in Rome sometimes, they do you're here on vacation. Do you like Italy? You know? <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm Italian. Get used to it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> the wrap, ball, he's wrap, Italian. <laughs> wrap your brain around it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so okay. much. Yeah. Emile, grazie. È finito. Grazie. ID Tenti scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.